that little phrase, he's Elijah, is a good jumping off point for us looking at Advent. Um, John the Baptist was not Elijah. The Elijah had died many years before John the Baptist came on the scene. However, the role of Elijah in the Old Testament was he never died, but he got on a chariot, a burning chariot, and he flew into the heavens. That's the, the theory, the, the theology of Elijah. And he's a symbolic person because with him, as he flew on his fiery chariot, he would be ushering in the coming of the Messiah. So Elijah, for the people of the Old Testament in his time, and he was around the time of Jezebel and the prophet Elijah and Elisha were all in that time period under the reign of King Ahab. So Elijah had a lot of hope connected to his life. He did some miracles that we hear about. Miracles sometimes that reflect us in memory of Jesus' miracles, raising the, 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 the child from the dead, feeding the people. So Elijah became associated with the Messiah. He wasn't the Messiah, but he came to welcome the Messiah and prepare us to see the Messiah. So when Jesus says to the people about John the Baptist, he's Elijah, it clicks in their heads, I presume, what he's saying, that he's the one who is going to come back and introduce Jesus, the Messiah. So there, in, in updated fashion, Jesus is talking about John's role. Prior to that, we heard about John's, even on Sunday's Gospel and preceding sections of this Gospel, we heard about John preaching the kingdom and preparing us for that one who is to come, whose sandal he's not worthy to untie. Okay, time comes, it's Jesus that he's talking about. John the Baptist is, don't forget, Jesus' cousin. Uh, he's in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth after she, the angel Gabriel announced to her that she's going to be carrying the Son of God. And when she gets to Elizabeth's home, when she gets to Elizabeth's home, what happens is the child in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, leaps for joy. And that indicates to Elizabeth that this kid is special who's coming to me. And Mary gives us that great prayer, Magnifica, my soul magnifies the Lord. Today in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, we have what Isaiah is talking about is something related to what I, Elijah the prophet was preaching, that God would be our help. Now, the fulfillment of that help is Jesus. We know that. But in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, he gets the point across, don't be afraid. Whatever you're going through, I'm there with you. Now, this reading from Isaiah is said during the time of the great exile, and the people are worried about their future, and they're worried about their families. And the prophet Isaiah says, God says to us, fear not, I will help you. And that's our big promise. Again, go back to the New Testament, 
Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. This section of Isaiah was 500 years before Christ. So the, the Messiah had not yet come. And then this section of Isaiah, it's really um, a little sarcasm as well as hope. He calls Israel a maggot. He calls the people of Jacob worms. Quite an insult with the promise, but I will help you as your Redeemer and Holy One of Israel. So no matter how low you go, now don't forget there was a lot of rebellion against the words of, of the prophets during that period. That's why the prophet Orphan interpreted their exile as a punishment from God. God says to us, I will make you great. I will raise you up. And your enemies I will crush down. And he says... <laughs> He says, you know, you'll be so powerful that your enemies' mountains and where they stand will be crushed completely, and all of that will be spreading like, like chaff in the wind. And I, your God, will be your hope and the fulfillment of your prayer. Now, this is our promise now. This is the promise Isaiah presented to the people, telling them, God will take care of it. He'll, he'll, he'll turn your desert into marshland. He'll, throw you, he'll turn your dry land into springs of water. And of course, you're a desert people. That means a lot. And I will give life. He'll plant the various trees and, and, and myrtle and acacia trees and the pines. And reflecting on it, everyone will know that I did all that. So what's he saying to us today as we look into our own world? God created everything that is. That's, that's one of the foundation um, elements of our faith. Go back to Genesis. God created. Maybe he didn't create that building or that building, but whatever there is of nature, God created it. And our goal is to honor him and observe his words and respect him. And, of course, as Francis, our pope, says often, Respect the earth. It's our home that God gave us. The concluding section of prophet Isaiah is, the hand of the Lord has done this, the Holy One of Israel. And that's Jesus. So the hand of the Lord sends us Jesus, who becomes and is the Holy One of Israel and our hope. So when we hear God saying to the people of Israel, don't be afraid, I'm going to take care of you. Uh, Fear not, I will help you. I will grasp your hand. Sometimes that's hard to believe for us when we go through certain trials, personal trials, as well as worldwide trials. It's hard to believe, but we've got to realize that we're part of God's creation. What he says goes. It may not look like it's going, but the bigger, bigger picture is that God is grasping our hands. God is with us. So the challenge now through Advent, a good time to reflect on this, that whatever we're going through as a, as a person, as a family, as a world, as long as we focus on the presence of God, we'll get through it. And that doesn't necessarily mean we'll never have illness, we'll never have sickness, we'll never have war. 
it meant, it's meant to be our foundation when we go forward each day in our lives to believe God is with me. If I absorb that, I'll act as if God is with me, as if I believe I should have no fear. So it's a contemplation, and through meditation and prayer, we, we get to that concrete relationship with God. He'll take care of us. He, he's promised us. Those words are from 500 years before Christ, and they're valid then, they were valid in Jesus, and they're valid today as we move toward the celebration of the day God gave us his Son in the flesh. All of that is fulfilled in Jesus. He is our hope. He is our great leader. And John the Baptist came to do this, to point to Jesus and the icons of the, of the Greek church. We often see on the iconostasis, Mary on one side and John the Baptist on the other side of the doors. And John the Baptist is always going like this, pointing to Jesus. That's his role. So maybe we can take that role on now. Point to Jesus in our own lives as we pray for healing, for peace, and for our own personal prayers. We heard about John preaching the kingdom and preparing us for that one who is to come, whose sandal he's not worthy to untie. Okay, time comes, it's Jesus that he's talking about. John the Baptist is, don't forget, Jesus' cousin. Uh, he's in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth after she, the angel Gabriel announced to her that she's going to be carrying the Son of God. And when she gets to Elizabeth's home, when she gets to Elizabeth's home, what happens is, child in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, leaps for joy. And that indicates to Elizabeth that this kid is special who's coming to me. And Mary gives us that great prayer, Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord. 